previously on my best friend's journal. September 23rd. Your wedding? No, bitch. <laughs> September 24th. <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> September 24th. Slept late. Your then... wedding day. <laughs> Don't fucking pander. <laughs> Things are looking good. I'm hopeful that the summer can be a real slutty one. So I'm just uh, mm-hmm. getting prepared in case. I think I heard for the very first time work bitch by Brittany. And I've heard like it's so frequently. Qu- <laughs> Cam just hung up on me. Thinking about Garth and thinking I spend more attention on him than him on me. And also I've been told many times by my friend Hannah to just like chill about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, play it cool. I really can't. January 20th. NPR said memories are brainwaves, (gasps) recreating the experience of the memory. Oh, Uh, We did not read ahead when we made this intro. I did touch a dick. It was by accident and it was your dog, but I... (laughs) 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 But it counts. I went to pick him up and I was like, that is not what we pick him up by. Five years ago, he got a book to hold my private thoughts. And now we're gonna take a peek, grab a drink, or smoke some pot. Your private thoughts read aloud How does that make you feel? I don't remember what I wrote This shit might get too real Nothing here is sacred I'm haunted by my past It's called my best friend's journal Let's start this damn podcast Let's sing this theme a little longer first It's someone's favorite podcast Hello, Alaska Thunderfuck. How are you? <laughs> That's the the extent of my Alaska impression. You don't want to hear the rest of it. I certainly don't. Um, hi, Mikey. How are you? I'm good. I'm uh, enjoying this gorgeous spring weather. It's been like sunny and 75 for a solid seven days. It's lovely. Aww. How are you? I'm so good. Um, before we get any further, I'm Cam. That's Mike. This is my best friend's journal. Welcome back to episode 101. 101, just like the Dalmatians. I, I just can't quite get over the fact that we've been doing this for so long. Anyway. I can't get over the fact that I brought up 101 Dalmatians and you refused the opportunity to talk about your puppy. Oh, <laughs> who, by the way, is licking my toes under the desk right now. Mm, sexual. Um. <laughs> I don't really like sexualizing my dogs. Um, but, <laughs> but I yeah, sure she, do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you sure do. You grabbed Fergus's dick not two episodes ago. Okay, um, it's out of context. It really sounds it really sounds wrong. I guess in context it didn't sound great either. <laughs> but you said it, didn't you? Um, yeah, the the puppy is great, little baby Margot. Um, she is a very curious, very independent gal. Also, slight update: she might be deaf. What makes you think that? She's just not very responsive to sound or at all responsive to sound. She's a very hard sleeper. I thought she was dead the other day in her crate because I went to, I like called her name and like opened the crate and she was so asleep and I like pulled on her leg and she didn't wake up. I was like, I screamed for Peter and then she just like slowly blinked her eyes open. I was like, oh, you're just a very worn out puppy who (laughs) sleeps really hard. But like you, we cannot wake her up without touching her. You can yell, you can clap, you can whistle. She just won't wake up. So we have that um, in common. (laughs) are you hard to wake up yeah uh oh only only when you're late for flights though right yeah i told you that one time that uh, our friend Mm -hmm. sam tried to call and michaela and kick were banging on my door and i was chilling one time i fell asleep in the movie twister when i was little which is famously quite loud yeah 
Um, <laughs> Quite loud. Yeah, the whole movie I mean, is it's a, just a hectic <laughs> storm. It's a, it's a tornado or a twister. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I value how easy it is for me to sleep and stay asleep. But do you wake up to your alarm? I do wake up to my alarm. I think I'm trained to like know that sound. That sound will wake me up. Uh-huh. But like a, a siren won't wake me up. Yeah, well, I don't think a siren would wake up this puppy either. Um, the good news is that she's not afraid of anything. Like fireworks, vacuum cleaner, doesn't care. I think time will tell. It is just uh, up in the air as to whether or not she is just stubborn and aloof or if she is deaf. She's very lovey. She's very sweet. She loves Fergus. She's trying to get Eleanor to love her. She's working really hard on that. Um, she plays hard and she sleeps hard. But um, yeah, I guess I guess time will tell. Well, the good news for her is that she is in a good home with two good daddies who are going to learn how to train their deaf puppy the same way they trained their hearing puppies. They just may uh, require some new techniques. Yeah, My biggest um, fear is like, I think a lost deaf dog is really scary. Like a, you know, um, trying to like, cause if you lose your dog, what do you do? You wander around and call their name. Mm-hmm. But if the dog can't hear you, that's very scary. So I think that, um, I might get her, if she is deaf, we'll get her one of those little GPS collars. It's mm, a good idea. Just a little backup plan. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Triangulate the puppy. Speaking of getting lost, you and I are getting lost real soon together with our friends. <gasps> uh, <laughs> what a transition. I try. Yeah. We're going on a trip together next month. I'm very excited. Uh, we are going to start in Denver and then take a sleeper train car. How freaking 1920s of us, which is perfect because it's with our most 1920s-esque friend. She speaks like she's from a black and white film in Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> okay. And she's also this, the one who this suggested this trip. Some explanation. <laughs> That's true. She is she is a like a nineteen forties um like news crier in a in a <laughs> like young hip woman's body. She her father, um, this is our friend Aaron, who we talked about before. Not Aaron, but Aaron. She grew up in Long Island with a dad who was born and raised in Brooklyn, who is a cop, and she has this like old timey vocabulary of like a yeah, like a nineteen forties like news crier, like hear ye not hear ye here. <laughs> That'll be the line. If she starts if she starts proclaiming hear ye, hear ye before she greets us, I'm gonna have to terminate the friendship. But you know what I mean? Like people that talk like this, see? She doesn't talk it's not it's not the affectation so much as the actual No, but uh, words. but that's the vocabulary you yeah, that's the vocabulary you expect though, because she like she calls women like broads and dames all the time and she's not being ironic about it. Oh, she also went to high school with Alana Glazer, who is famously abroad. Oh, that's true. Broad city. <laughs> yeah i guess that's the last place in the country you can still call a woman abroad <laughs> um what did she say like this morning or yesterday that was like a nail on the head for this kind of language something insane she said that sounds like a bunch of liberal claptrap to me <laughs> <laughs> which is even crazier because she is a diehard liberal herself it sounds like that would come out of a 75 <laughs> year old supporter you know I know. Yeah. Oh man, it just tickles me to no end. Anyway, what? We're, oh, so yes. the point is, she, like Joe Biden, our favorite geriatric, is obsessed with Amtrak. She uh, really, <laughs> really wanted to take uh, a cross-country Amtrak train. The best we could commit to was Denver to SF because it's supposed to be really beautiful. It goes through the Rockies. It goes through the Sierra Nevadas. It's supposed to be just really gorgeous, like the the prettiest, um, the prettiest portion of the cross-country Amtrak. So we decided that we would do that with her it's like 30 some odd hours mm-hmm. um so we're gonna board board the train uh all aboard let's see that kind of talk um <laughs> at like 6 a.m in denver and then the next afternoon we'll pop off the train and then we end up in san francisco and i freaking love that city in the middle of pride month Let's get on that well we're missing freaking pride um by like two days right <laughs> we just looked it up after the fact yeah, i think it's a 
pretty good year to miss pride though. Cause I think everything's like small events or like virtual events or things, you know, like mm-hmm. they're, they're not quite ready to do like full parades yeah. or the, the regular parties that, that are pride. So give it one more year. I'm also missing the Philly event and I'm not sure. I don't think it's a parade, but some kind of big gay event for pride is like the weekend before I'll have just left and then we'll miss the San Francisco one by a couple of days as well. This is, this is very on brand for us. We hate to be around for actual mm-hmm. pride. <laughs> <laughs> We went to Palm Springs Pride once. That's true. We spent most of it cross-faded wearing wigs in a hot tub, but it counts. <laughs> no wrong way to Pride. Speaking of Pride, have you managed to meet any uh, fellow Philly gays now that, you know, uh, you're vaccinated and mingling a bit more? I have. And in fact, this is my gayest moment of the week. Gay, 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 gay. So... And what will surely be joyous news for Weibo, I have been batting away cock left and right. Um, oh my God, <laughs> yes! Me and your grandma, are, we can stop doing our, you know, Mikey sex dances in the rain. <laughs> I wonder if she's doing that. Anyway. That was a weird thing to say. <laughs> yeah, are you doing them? You're not doing them very well. You should work a little harder. <laughs> I've been burning sage. I've been lighting Palo Santo. I've been praying to crystals, doing all my witchcraft for you to get your dick wet. Oh, well, you're not as powerful as you think. And there's dick wet. We haven't heard that in a long time. Um, <laughs> I've gone on a couple dates. Very fun. Uh, one of which included a, a bit of a romp. And I, I suppose I can leave it there. But <gasps> a I, bit of a romp? A bit of a romp. Um, it's just been fun to get out and meet people. And the other day I was like, I just really wanted to go get a drink with someone. And I have a very limited selection of friends in the city who are available and nobody was. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to get on an app and just see if someone wants to grab a drink. And it worked. The other night I got a drink with a guy and we met a straight couple that was like sitting next to us. He interrupted their conversation for some reason or other. But then we started chatting and I was like, oh, my God, I'm here with three once strangers who in the last five minutes became friends. It feels like it's 2019. This is very exciting. Oh, we love that so much. Good it for you. It was so fun. I got to tell you, I'm a little jealous. Um, I have like two friends here. Um, actually, I have a total of four friends here, I suppose. Um, but Peter's going to be out of town this weekend. And I was like, oh, a Saturday night. What am I going to do? Texted my like two gay friends they're gonna be out of town camping my other friend is like on a river somewhere because it's colorado in the summer i'm like okay the time has come for you to to lip sync for for my friends yes (laughs) Um, (laughs) no i just need to uh i need to get out there somehow uh Mm -hmm. do the things that i've said i was gonna do join a sports league i don't Mm -hmm. know meet random people for drinks whatever it is go sit at my by myself at a bar that's not gonna happen um but i just need to make some more friends is that no longer an option because i have thought of doing that too there's a couple famous gay bars in philly that i that i thought maybe i'll just go sit and you know meet people there but that, that feels it feels harder than just an app but also it is all i want i just want to have a drink and chat you know um i think the meeting of people in bars is harder than it used to be because most people that are by themselves at a restaurant have their face in their phones you know Mm. um it is not a problem to go have a drink by yourself i think it is unreasonable to expect to meet anyone i like to go like have a drink by myself go have a meal by myself like i might take myself to dinner on saturday night so fun love Mm. that but like i'm not going to expect to like meet anyone sitting in a bar because i just think that's a little um old-fashioned it if it happens great and it i'm sure it happens all the time it's just not like the norm anymore but i will recommend i know you're a married man but plenty of people are on grinder for friends it's a legit thing you can just get on grinder find someone to grab a drink with and make it pretty clear that you know you're not or you're married or whatever sure. um yeah but i think it is a good a good tool for 
gay friends. I hear that a lot abroad. I think um, there are in other countries that's actually a bit of an expectation, especially in countries where it's like harder to meet gay people where there's not much of a gay scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard many anecdotes of that being used as just like a community builder. Um, here, I think that I would have to do a lot of explaining to people that like, this is, you know, I'm here to make friends. I am new to the city. That doesn't feel like a lot of explaining. <laughs> it feels like you just put that line in your profile and you're good to go. Yeah, maybe you're right. Um, but anyway, the, the time has come to make some friends, to have a bit of a more robust Rolodex of people to call, you know, to go out and do things like dinner and drinks. Um, but anyway, glad you had a good experience. And you, sir, do you have a gayest moment you'd like to share with me and the folks? And by the <sighs> folks, I mean your, your parents, um, don't you dare say my parents' names. Do they listen all of a sudden or what are you worried about? <laughs> I don't know. They don't need to know that this podcast exists. Thank you so much. I sent them. We don't a, need a, any more salt <laughs> in our our recently healed wounds. No, I suppose that's fair. So you're going to want to interrupt the FedEx I sent of um, the 100 CDs I sent with one episode each. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the only way to physically send a podcast? Uh huh. <laughs> Have it burnt on CDs. Uh, they'd have to find a CD player first. Anywho, sorry, I interrupted. You were about to tell me your gayest moment. Yeah, so my gayest moment is uh, not terribly sexy, but it is, I think, gay enough. I've recently got very much into skincare. Um, I have reached that portion of my gay upbringing. So it may not be terribly sexy, but it could lead to you being terribly sexy. Oh, it could. It could. I mean, something has to. Oh, stop it. Uh- <laughs> You recently had a real glow up with your haircut, and I don't have that option. All I can do is like play with facial hair. You um, can shave your bush. <laughs> and I do. No, I never <laughs> shave it. Um, no, listen. So I had we had a girlfriend visiting recently, and she has just really beautiful skin. And we got down a deep dive about her skincare regimen. And I just was like, you know what? I'm ready. I do like I wash my face, I put on lotion and SPF, like that's it. But I'm like ready for some like you like, you know, some, some next steps. So I ordered like crazy. I now have a daytime regimen and a nighttime regimen. I have different face washes for both different things. I don't know why it took me so long to like get into the ritual. Cause I love rituals. I love like, you know, sacrificing chickens and such. No, I'm uh-huh. kidding. <laughs> no, I love, I love like, you know, waking up and, and having my coffee and like, just like the, the normal things that make a day feel like I'm, you know, accomplishing steps. It's just a, that's just how my brain works. I love these things. Totally. I never wake up and wash my face. I also never wash my face before I go to bed. I always just wash my face in the shower which happens exactly one time a day but now i like wake up and wash my face and put on lotion spf and before i go to bed if i haven't just showered then you know i wash my face i put on toner i put on a night cream i put on a retinol um Mm. yeah i'm just like going all retinol that's the key so yeah after this recording i'm gonna need to get some details from you because i have my own little skin regimen um but it's pretty mild and includes trader joe's products so i can probably do some upgrades but i don't have like the proper like night cream and retinol, that shit gets expensive to be fair. So I don't know that I have the funds for the the best routine, but I can certainly upgrade a it bit. It does get expensive. It's also very intimidating. I had a skincare Sherpa and my girlfriend who who like took me through everything and helped me put together a little bit of a regimen that matches my lifestyle. But I will say this stuff lasts forever because, you know, the good stuff go a little bit goes a really long way. So it's a bit of an upfront investment, but you know, you don't have to reorder very often. So Anyway, I've got lotions and potions, and it feels pretty gay. Some of the bottles are very (laughs) feminine, and I don't care. Like, this is a glass pink bottle that feels beautiful in my hand. It has a gold pump, and I'm very into it. It looks gorgeous on the counter. Yeah, absolutely. And the more I hear myself, the more I think this is a plenty gay moment. Oh, yes, for sure. You reached the threshold, I promise. (laughs) You have really come through for me on product recommendations before. I started using 
What's it called? That deodorant you recommended? The uh, it's called Routine is the brand. Routine, yes, it's a it's mm-hmm. like a cream deodorant almost. It's in a in a little glass jar. Seems strange. It's perfect. I have I had been experimenting with different deodorants for years. Some of them just either didn't work, they didn't last, or they fucked up my skin. I of course wanted to be natural and vegan and stuff, so I had a hard time finding something that checked all the boxes. That recommendation from you has been the best investment ever, so I will absolutely take your advice when it comes to the skincare as well. That routine stuff I've been using every day for two years. It has never once irritated me, and I have very, very sensitive underarm skin. It works. I mean, it stands up to like CrossFit workouts, and I don't smell like the locker room all the time. It is great. Use promo code MBFJ. I wish, man, the amount of products and things we drop in here. Speaking of recommendations, do you have any content recs for the people this week? I do. I just, again, I'm going to give you the recommendation before I've actually consumed the uh, content myself. But oh, good. <laughs> we love an apology two weeks later. <laughs> yeah, this, I might be retracting this soon. But I liked season one, so I'm guessing I'm going to like season two, which is not always the case. But here we are. Uh, special season two just came out on Netflix. I started watching this morning. I've only watched like 10 minutes, but I'm really enjoying it so far. I loved season one. It's this guy, Ryan O'Connell, who... I mean, he writes it, produces it. He's the lead in it. Show is super fun. Also, Marla Mandel, who is like one of my favorite Broadway people ever. She's fucking hysterical. She plays his like terrible boss. Anyway, it's a great cast. The show's really fun. Um, and it's perspective we don't see very often. Does he have cerebral palsy? Is that correct? He does. And that is, I suppose, one of the lenses through which they're telling the story. I did like season one as well. So I will definitely give season two a try. And do you have any content recs yourself this week? Um, you know what? Nothing that hasn't already been recommended by you. Um, Brandy Carlisle's book, a couple episodes ago, a few episodes ago, maybe you said that you were reading it. Um, I read it while I was on vacation two weeks ago. I loved every minute of it. Came home, downloaded the audiobook, and I'm now listening to that. It is perfect background listening. I already know exactly what happens, but hearing her words, like her, I felt like some of the writing at, while I was reading it wasn't like terribly elevated. And then I was listening to her read it and i realized she just writes like she speaks and is wonderful i love Mm -hmm. her so much i'm just super fan can't say it enough how much i love her and i think that she is such an interesting evolved human who um has gone through so much and had such an interesting life and turned into my very favorite musician i hope you get to meet her one day you know what i think you will you will one day drink with her from your lips to god's ears please may she be listening (laughs) i'm sure she's listening all right my friend you know what we haven't done in a couple weeks is read your journal are you ready i'm so ready i'm gonna get it All right, Mikey, it is September 15th, 2016. We haven't been here for a while. Uh, remind us where we were. Last time I was spending more time with Garth. Uh, I just got back from a road trip to California, and I'm pretty sure I was sick, and Garth was sick too, and I think I spread my cold virus all over Debbie Harry at whatever serving event I was working. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did. Yeah, I remember now. Can I tell you, uh, since we last recorded, or since we recorded that episode, I should say, um, Call Me has come on at the gym multiple times, and I think about her um, fondly, and also I worry for her a little bit. Oh, <laughs> you shouldn't. I think we'd, we would have heard if anything was wrong. Um, also, <laughs> You're probably right. I was called out by someone, a couple people on Instagram for not knowing any Blondie songs and, and having the privilege <laughs> of serving Debbie Harry despite this atrocity, but I was like, I don't... I missed Womanizer, right? So was it Womanizer? Bugatti? Maserati? Uh, no. No. Um, work bitch. Work bitch. See? There. It's a, the proof's in Bugatti, the... Bugatti. Maserati. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, uh-huh. But anywho, nothing terribly exciting. <laughs> we're, we're waiting tables in New York. Feel free, by the way. I think this is like a down period of New York time. So as always, skip what you need to skip. Okay, well then we're going to start off with a bang. Skip September 15th. You made some money. You worked a shift. Oh, great. September <laughs> 16th. Uh, well, you also made some money, although it was a pretty stressful shift at Blossom. You didn't expect it from this place, and you only made $157. I don't right. think that's a bad day's work. No. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool, cool. On the 17th of September, you worked a long event in Jersey. Insane view over Infinity Pool to New York skyline and distance. Real housewife mansion. Oh, yes. I have no idea who the real housewife was because I don't watch any of the franchise. Um, assuming she probably was one... one of the ones from New Jersey, though. Yeah, probably. Very likely. Um, although they're very rich. They probably have houses in many places. All of them. Do you think anyone would choose to have a house in New Jersey if they didn't live there? This house? Yeah, probably. It's close enough <laughs> to the city, um, but far enough okay. away to have acres of land. This infinity pool was like the end, the infinity part of the infinity pool faced out over the most beautiful view of the new york city skyline it was bonkers that's pretty cool um well you got back late that night and um oh the chelsea bombings were that day remind me what that was that sounds familiar um it was i can't remember if it was garbage cans or mailboxes but um there was just a few coordinated explosions around chelsea at the same time and uh actually i remember texting my family being like i'm fine thanks for asking because nobody asked me how i was and i spent a lot of time in chelsea which no one seems to know but i was uh, i was aghast that nobody checked in on me when my mom still i I live in philadelphia now and she still checks on me when there's an earthquake in california in san francisco where i never have lived (laughs) A little salt in the wound. It's like you check in safe on Facebook and people just respond like, wait, you live there? <laughs> I have never, by the way, checked in safe on Facebook. I get it. It's a pretty cool feature, but like it just feels people are checking in safe who were at no fucking risk. I'm like, calm uh-huh. down. It's like the it's like the one girl in high school who like never knew the kid that died, but like when it, you know, goes to the funeral and makes it all about her. You know what I'm talking about? hundred percent. We, we've sort of talked about this before, how you, you don't have to be friends with someone or even like them yeah. to like mm. honor their life and, and be respectful. It's so much worse to fabricate a relationship, a, a meaningful mm-hmm. relationship that you did not have. I just associate that with like junior high and high school people like normally girls and gay guys who just like, like there's like a, a relishing of the, the tragedy. I'm sure like a, psychologists would be able to speak about this more um eloquently but the the like really showing up for the tragedy and just wallowing around in everyone's grief you know like it's it's pretty performative and gross can i tell you about performative uh tragedy indulgence <laughs> uh, i remember <laughs> you sure can Nine eleven. i was home to watch the towers fall live i saw the planes hit live why were like, you home i was already at school because i had a doctor's appointment that day oh uh, I was with my mom when we watched it happen. And my mom, whose whole family is in New York and has a lot of, you know, real things in the line, obviously was very, was mm. quietly very concerned, but like just focusing. And I, when I found out it happened, like threw myself on the washer. I remember I was like, no God. And I remember my mom being oh, like, you need to not right now. <laughs> <laughs> this really isn't about you. Yeah. Please pick it up. You little gay drama nerd. <laughs> Any opportunity for a little uh, attention. Anyway. Yeah, back to the journal. On September 18th, you went to a medieval fest in Inwood with Sam and Aaron. Oh, this is very on brand for Aaron and loving old-timey things. Oh, for sure. She would bring us to a to a medieval festival. You drank mead and saw jousting. Oh. Oh. I can't remember how exactly 
the logistics of jousting in Upper Manhattan worked. <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like that's tough, but it did. I there were people on horses. I'm pretty sure they would have used like a like a foam lance or something because no blood. I know that they it, killed a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that um, real jousting, traditional jousting, uh, oftentimes results in gross bodily harm, and I'm pretty sure you can't get a permit for that in Manhattan. So, have you been um, to medieval times? Uh, I definitely have, yes. I never have. Is that an experience I ever need? Oh, I mean, no. I think the only adults that really enjoy medieval times now are people that, like, loved it as a kid, you know, and want to go for... Mm. It's... I mean, it's so much kitsch. You definitely... I mean, there's not a vegan option. It's, like, <laughs> hunk of meat and iceberg salad. And, um... I remember when I went, there's like a plant in the audience and there's this whole shtick with like this woman that like kind of like gets pulled around the audience on a horse and then she like falls off and her pants rip and you see like her like crazy spanks and like as a kid, I was like, oh my God, that poor woman, she's so embarrassed. And whoever I was with was like, no real woman wears panties like that. I promise that it was, she was a plant. I was so disappointed. I was like, oh, this whole thing is a farce. I hate it so much. It just seems like don't go then. <laughs> I think I think it's so, a no So, so don't me. go, yeah. In Cam's words, it's a no for me bro that's a no for me bro okay so after you apparently got drunk at the jousting show i did not get drunk you went to work wait don't yeah i you put words in the journal that are not there i think i had a glass of mead drank mead yes oh well what makes you think that i got wasted up first of all who who can drink enough mead to get drunk that you're honestly gonna get a sugar hangover first super fair super fair um, okay, well, so you so you drank and went to work. I'm standing by that. It's a theme in this journal. Don't know why I hate going in when it's so easy. Don't know why. I could tell you because waiting tables sucks. <laughs> don't know why. Have I, I made hate that this job? clear? I don't know if people know. So <laughs> I'm not a big fan of uh, work in the service industry. It hasn't um, hasn't been no, kind to my soul. No, you could have it after the word work. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. Yeah, well, I didn't like your tone. And then the last line here, changed to energy efficient light bulbs. Oh, well. Congratulations. That's obviously worth writing about. <laughs> On separate, September. On September. <laughs> Sounded uh, like when you said peepus. Um, all right. <laughs> September 19th. Supposed to lunch with Victoria and Nick, but they canceled. Who are Victoria and Nick? Why do I know those names? Uh, Shmush. When I did the Halloween show at Shmush. Ah, oh, right. Uh, Would have been nice. Easy Larry Craig event. Two hours hors d'oeuvre? Ah, uh, yes. Two hours hors d'oeuvre. So were you just handing out hors d'oeuvres at this event for two hours? Yeah, which is one of the more desirable jobs because you're moving and you, when you you know finish your tray, you can at least go in the back and take the smile off for a second. Um, I would like to note to everyone that's listening that you spelled hors d'oeuvre. Oh. H apostrophe O-R-D-E-R-V. <laughs> so it's more like hors d'oeuvre. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> i'm glad i, I Not, went like it's famously horse divorce but you just went straight into a, you kept an apostrophe horse divorce yeah I, I love that i went for the uh, like fully committed to an h and an apostrophe but did uh-huh. not look up any further how to spell that uh-uh. couldn't possibly uh then you tried to hang with luke and hannah but neither could oh my goodness you're just getting ghosted left and right i'm so sorry smoked and cleaned your bathroom stoked to start at ucb i'm very excited to start ucb uh used to be very difficult to get into a class super high demand not a lot of classes um so getting your first class is really tough after that it becomes easier because it's a prereq but getting my first class at ucb is a huge thrill i had wanted to do it for years yeah you talked about it for a long time ucb by the way stands for upright citizens brigade which is one of new york's big uh, comedy schools 
September 20th, was set for a good day off, but went to work. Worked beautiful (laughs) rooftop party at 600 Madison Avenue for Madison Square Garden execs with Larry Craig. Oh my God, two days in a row with Larry Craig. Um, is that Jenny's husband? I don't think so, because this this man is uh, an extreme homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> an extreme homosexual, you say? Yeah, he's really good at Smoked it. and cleaned my room. Yesterday, you smoked and cleaned the bathroom, so this is a fun fun way to spend a week. Then started Difficult People. That was a fun show on Hulu for like a season. Yeah, the cast was good, but I don't know. It was just kind of meh. Um, all right, on September 21st, laundry and cleaned room some more. Am I like cleaning it every night and then bulldozing it every morning? Why so much cleaning? Or you were just being, you were like getting super high and like folding <laughs> one shirt and then going to bed. Um, you went to Tong Thong with Mick and Kick. Tong Thong, sorry. Tong Thong. Tong Thong. Famously Tong Thong because uh-huh. how much worse could it be? It was very nice. Planning to Boff Garden with Hannah? What? You know, Boff Garden. But I have no idea what the fuck that is. The garden where boff. you boff. Boff <laughs> is the term Liz Lemon on 30 Rock uses instead of screw or fuck all the time. Oh, I love that. I'm going to start using it. Uh-huh. I boffed this weekend. <laughs> I boffed. It's like saying I sexed. I sexed this weekend. <laughs> um, what what does it say, though? B-O- what, what, can you show me? It looks like... That's B-O-T, which is my shorthand for botanical garden. Okay, well, planning to botanical garden with Hannah doesn't make any sense at all, but that's fine. It's my fucking journal. I had no intention anyone else would be seeing it and judging it. (laughs) Planning to botanical garden with Hannah next week. Hard to juggle time with friends. Okay, A of all, yes, it used to be hard to juggle time with friends because um, I had them and I did things. (laughs) (laughs) They have all since perished, and now you have to make all new ones. And B of all... I love a botanical garden. It's a beautiful day out. It's a great, like, leisurely friend thing to do. I don't disagree at all. It, there's usually, like, a nice little restaurant. You can have, like, a glass of wine. That's my favorite. Like, a, yes. an art museum or a botanical garden where you can have a glass of wine, do some wandering. Mm-hmm. It always is nice conversation. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I also need to say that weed before a botanical garden is lovely. Oh, yeah. It opens up your eyes to wonder, for sure. <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful sentiment. <laughs> it does. Um... I found your gayest moment of this week because you said Garth slept over so we can do crafts tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing? What? You fucking gay? Knitting bow ties for each other's penises. That's (laughs) strange thing. Um, Uh I don't know what kind of crafts we were doing and I don't know why we need that excuse for this guy I'm seeing to come sleep over. Can the excuse be so we can sleep in the same bed? That sounds like plenty. Well, should we check out September 22nd and see if there are any clues? (laughs) <laughs> you said packed with Garth and never got to paint bench. Hmm. Oh, yes. I had this awful little black sort of bench. It was a piece of furniture that had almost no purpose. I didn't know what to do with it. I kept it around for way too long. I wanted to paint it to be like in our entryway to sit and put your shoes on. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I love an entry bench. Wanted to paint it white to go with our walls. You wrote, um, went to Blossom, printers in kitchen broke so late and I left so late. Huh? Oh. Printers and... Oh, yep. receipt printers for tickets. I get it. Uh-huh. Okay. So the orders that got sent to the kitchen weren't weren't printing. And instead of checking on what was happening, why there wasn't an order in 20 minutes or whatever, the kitchen was just chilling, thinking that, oh, we must not be getting any orders on this Friday night. It just drives me nuts because you're fucked for the whole night by the time everyone figures out what's going on. Happened to me one time when I was working at that gay hamburger place. What did we call it? Hamburger Nancy's uh, Which, in Chicago. LOL. We don't, um, we don't disguise any other workplace since then. I talk very openly about Rockefeller Center and Blossom. Yeah. Um, well, it's Hamburger Mary's in Chicago, which no longer exists. So um, that's fine. 
Um, but they, in Andersonville in Chicago, there is, um, it's almost like a, there, there are three festivals in Chicago that are like pride. There's actual pride fest, there's market days in August, and then there's midsummer fest, which is like the Swedish summer festival in Andersonville, which is like the second gayborhood. And so it just pretty much like another like queer street festival for an entire weekend. And it was so fun to go to awful to work like anything. As a rule, the more fun you're having at attendance, the worse it is for the people serving you. <laughs> that is super fair. Um, and uh, it was, I mean, so much money, but you would just run around and be like wrecked for an entire week after working that event. And uh, the printers broke one time and we were already on like hour long ticket times. And then there were burgers that weren't being fired yet. And it was just, impo- I mean, people were literally like getting up and leaving after like, and you didn't know, you couldn't go to the, you couldn't possibly go back to the expo line and like search out your ticket and be like, don't make this. Cause yeah. it was just, you know, it was like, it was too much. It was just too hectic. People, yeah, so much money and food wasted. And it's just so stressful for everyone there. Everyone's pissed. Every waiter's in the weeds. It's just terrible. Yep. So you were pissed when you left Blossom. You stayed up to watch Drag Race, even though I had three hours till I had to wake up. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was stupid. Oh, my God. This is September 22nd, 2017. You stayed up late, even though you had to wake up super early. Do you know why you would have had to wake up super early on September 23rd, 2016? <gasps> oh, fuck. To fly to your wedding. <laughs> we oh my just God. talked about this. Wait, so that's why I overslept. Uh, I'm sorry, man. I don't know. I don't know. You don't have to um, apologize to me. You were where you needed to be when I needed you to be there. You just almost weren't. <laughs> but now we get it. I was like, why did I oversleep so hard? Because I made a stupid choice the night before. So, Although to be fair, I, I can't just like come home after a stressful shift and go to bed. I need to unwind somehow. That's why I was drinking. When I was a bartender, I would, I think I've said this before, I was young and I could do this and not be like a 400 pound diabetic, but I would go home and drink a bottle of red wine a night, eat, carry out PF Chang's or Maggiano's if they were still open because they were next door to us and smoke cigarettes. How Ooh, was I alive? I didn't know you smoked cigarettes. Yeah, I would have like one or two after every bartending shift because everyone did it and it was cool. And it's how we unwound, you know, had a couple fags, <laughs> had a couple fags. Yeah, uh, and I would usually do all this while watching Netflix and scrolling Manhunt. So. Manhunt, that's a blast from the past. <laughs> I know. I remember it so vividly in that apartment, like Manhunt was where I would go and it was Never that exciting because it was always the same fucking guys in Indianapolis. Ay, ay, ay. I never anyway. used Manhunt. I didn't. I completely forgot it existed. Um, before we get away from having a couple fags, um, that reminds me of whatever tweet or thing you sent me this morning that I cackled out in regards to <laughs> the attitudes corporations take on all of a sudden for Pride Month to really connect with the LGBTs. <laughs> the tweet just says, companies in June, colon. What's the LGBT, my tops and bottoms? Don't forget to try our new ice faggot latte. <laughs> I love, love, love ice faggot latte. Uh, I'm going to order one next to my tickles Starbucks. Tickles me so much. Anyway, I thought that was worth sharing, but let's move on to your wedding weekend. Yes. Okay. Well, the the crazy morning that was September 23rd, missed alarm, exclamation point. You've talked about this so many times. Woke up to Sam in my apartment 30 minutes late. I had no idea this was going to come up this episode, and we were talking about that in the intro, sleeping through. I know. Um. Yeah, I've talked yep. about it so many times, nearly missed the flight. It was early. I obviously had slept like two hours, so... Sorry, Sam, retroactively, but all's well that ends well. They're married. We were there. Uh-huh. You still made the flight to Des Moines, napped and ate at Pita Pit before the rehearsal. Nervous about rehearsal with Peter and Ellen. Oh, um, yeah. I don't sound great. Yes, you did. Was fun, though. 
rehearsal dinner was so chill and amazing to see Cam. Peter is great. I had never met Peter until this day, and I was super nervous because I knew Peter was like a super talented musician. And the very first thing we did was coach through the song I was singing at your wedding. That is a real like trial by fire kind of way to meet someone. Um, it really does tickle me to think about you being nervous, though, uh, because <laughs> <Me too. laughs> you, now that we're all like buddies, you know, it's like it, it just seems kind of crazy. It was a different time. Now he's heard me scream notes I shouldn't be trying in his ear in his living room. <laughs> <laughs> so many, many times. A time. So fun. Um, she so said, I don't sound great. Was fun though. Rehearsal dinner was so chill and amazing to see Cam. Peter is great. Exclamation point. And then there's a big scribbled outline. Um, <laughs> I know what this is, but do you want to tell the people? Mike? I'll explain to the folks. Okay, so the original the original <laughs> thing in there that I edited before I gave to Cam was something along the lines of Peter is a bit much, but he has a good heart or something like that. There was some <laughs> some insult laced in there um, that I was very apprehensive for Cam to see. And it was like, the, of all the things in this journal, that was the one thing I was like, Cam can't see that. I've read about you seeing your own b-hole. Shush. Actually, I guess that wasn't in the journal. You just told me. <laughs> but I, I think it's so funny that you um, scribbled this out because now, like, as close as you are with Peter, he is a bit much. And you'd say that to his face. I, I have, I think. <laughs> Um, honestly, too, trying to meet someone uh, at their rehearsal dinner when they're trying to music direct, um, uh, like two people that have never sung together the night before the wedding. That's a that's a lot for everyone involved. Love you, Peter. Oh, he doesn't listen to this, but that's fine. Okay, well, I take it back. I do not love you, Peter. <laughs> He's just a bit much, you know. <laughs> just yeah, he sometimes does. Um, his sisters listen, and they'll agree with you. On September twenty fourth, <laughs> wedding day, beautiful service early on. Lots of nice words about my singing. Oh, good. It was about you. It's um, my journal. It is my journal. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, fun brunch. Napped and watched Love Actually. Oh, Italian yeah. dinner. Tofu gnocchi with my ex, Sam, and Natalie. Oh, that's my ex's friend. Kind of ballsy um, of you. I, I spent the weekend with Sam, your ex, and his friend, um, who is our good friend. But, like, I don't know. Not a lot of folks have their ex at their wedding. We have stayed good friends, and I would never dream of not inviting him. He was, like, back then, we were still... No, we weren't living in Chicago, but it hadn't been that long since we'd moved from Chicago and we were still pretty close. So, yeah, um, he also had met Peter and like stayed with our dogs. And yeah, makes a lot of sense to me knowing your relationship. But reading that from, you know, listeners might think that is a little cuckoo caca and sano. Totally. Cuckoo caca. Uh, oh, Brandy Carlisle's ex was at her wedding as well. You should know that. Oh, she was. Yeah. Brandy Carlisle's ex lives with her. Lives on the compound, not in the same house. Yeah. Um bonfire yard games and drinks oh, that so was fun. our reception pouring rain um you said my ex was drunk oh my god <laughs> yeah he was like i'd never seen you can't go to an ex's wedding and not get hammered yeah he had he had every right to be but like this man is the least you never see him out of control he is always the most like put together he's like a very high achiever controlled yes, yeah. he is a neuroscientist literally not a brain surgeon but a neuroscientist and um just like one of those people that's very he, he achieves much. So to see him drunk is like a real special occasion. So we met when we were both performers and uh, we would like go out with performers all the time. All these like very type A, like extroverted personalities. And they really like brought him out of his shell. And then he started, he went back to grad school and got his master's and then went on to do his PhD. And I like would remind him often, like, you know how to party. Like, that's okay. Because <laughs> we didn't do it anymore. You know, <laughs> like you can get down and he is so fun at a party. But like, I feel like there were a few times there when he was uh, like in school, just around like all these like academic, academic, man, <laughs> I'm smart. All these academic like uh, introverts that are just like working in a lab all the time. I would just have to remind him like, you can, you know how to get out of your shell. You used to do it all the time. <laughs> 
Okay, so September 25th, the day I left for my honeymoon. You left Des Moines at 4.30 a.m. So early, good lord. Flight back to New York, napped, then a big Trader Joe's shop. You bought gourds for fall. Oh, you love a seasonal decoration. I'm doing a big Trader Joe's run where I've got a cart, all this shit, in my hands from 72nd Street to 168th. And I decided that it was a priority that I get gourds as well. That seems insane. (laughs) doesn't it seem on brand though like you're like cinnamon broom and pumpkins you love fall (laughs) i do love who doesn't love fall crazy not to crazy not to all right september 26th we will get through this month you went to waitress equity call and florida studio epa you worked at blossom that night you took every capitalized underlined table and was annoyed but left early and watched presidential debate oh Uh yes because this restaurant is a pooled house which i like a lot of the time because it means everybody works together and nobody's trying to fuck one another for um for Uh tips but not great when you are the best server on that night because then you are doing twice the labor and getting half the money it's very annoying to pull tips like i i literally had every table in the restaurant and there was someone new or someone not good who had like two of them outside and i was like come on we can't be splitting this but that's oh yeah uh, that sucks that's the con side of pooling on the 27th of September, uh, worked staffing at Hudson. Garth didn't want to see me again and isn't making enough effort. Cried miserable on the subway. Oh, I hate that. Wait a minute. Didn't like. What's sadder than crying on a subway? Eating on uh, a subway? Yeah. Pooping on a subway. A couple things. Um, mm-hmm. I do have a habit of dramatizing what's going on. So maybe doesn't want to see me again is couldn't hang out tonight or tomorrow or whatever. I don't really know, though. Um, wish I had expanded on that. Um, there's no way to feel more alone than on a packed subway crying by yourself. You look around, there's so many people there and it just like, yeah, sometimes the more people, the more strangers you're around, the more alone you can feel, you know? I feel like that's a common theme in like poetry and song, you know, like there's no, there's nothing more lonely than a, a city when it just, cause it feels like there's so many people around, but none of them are your people. I will say my, um, my tears are usually reserved for, um, cumulative moments. So I'm. For jerking off, oh. yes, it's a good lube. Mm-hmm. Um, no, for cumulative moments, meaning that like that was probably like him not wanting to hang out on top of stressful work, on top of you know not getting auditions or whatever. It all kind of adds up and usually hits at the same time when when someone says they don't want to hang out with me or whatever. Mm. <laughs> uh huh. Um. All right. Well, here's a very confusing entry uh, from September twenty eighth. Because it says shopped with Claire at Trader Joe's for Thanksgiving dinner. This is two months early. Oh, uh, we're probably just having a f- early Thanksgiving, <laughs> Friendsgiving for whenever, because it's fall and we want Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, you got a call to audition for Saturday Night Fever, dance call, and a grimacey face. <laughs> I, I'm sure I said no, and if I didn't, then I ought to have. <laughs> <laughs> On September 29th. Um, you had to go to work and pick up your paychecks, um, at staffing. You said, you wrote almost correct amount, which feels passive aggressive (laughs) because these people are so bad at paying you, right? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you worked an easy event at Saks and then you had a date with Garth. You went to Posh and Blockheads. Posh is that gay bar I got kicked out of. (laughs) Um, I feel like there's a few of those. Oh, I guess gay bars and convenience stores. To be fair, I didn't get kicked out. I got denied entry. Um, (laughs) Excellent. Let's see here. You are happy to see him, but you are questioning relationship. Yes. Now and forever and ever. Amen. Well, I mean, 
was it not just yesterday that he was like, I can't hang out and all the drama and the waterworks in the subway and now we're hanging out the next day? Seems like maybe mm-hmm. take it a moment at a time and don't assume everything is catastrophic, Michael. <laughs> well, if only you had that DeLorean. On September 30th, <laughs> you spent the whole day with Hannah, MoMA and Indian food. Oh, in Hell's Kitchen. That sounds like so much fun. Yeah. Oh, MoMA. MoMA. You had tons of weed. Just the best <laughs> to hang out with her. <laughs> it is the best to hang uh, out with her. Oh my god, an art museum and Indian food, a little high, so fun. Hundo P, my friend. Hundo P. Yeah, I think Mike just came. He looked, I think I just saw his O face. Um <laughs> like you haven't seen it before. Oh shit. I hate you. <laughs> uh Michaela's flight was canceled, which sucks. Caught up on Drag Race and Finding Prince Charming. So excited to start UCB tomorrow. Ooh, cliffhanger. That's a good place to end and we'll begin my my illustrious improv comedy career tomorrow or next week. Ah, <laughs> uh, illustrious indeed. All that time you spent on Saturday Night Live, mm. working on Whose Line Is It Anyway, that show that ended a solid decade before yeah, when this I was, when journal I was, entry. Uh, sperm. <laughs> uh, all right, Mike, that is enough journal for this week. <sighs> I believe that we heard from a couple listeners last week uh, in regards to our 100th episode. Do you care to pick a message or two? No, but I do care to pick a pocket or two, um, which is Joey's audition song from, um, what's that musical about that orphan? Not Annie. Uh, Annie? No, Oliver. Oliver. Oh, Oliver. You've got to pick a pocket or two. Um, yes, we got some messages. I will grab a couple here. First, we have a message here from... Kurt. It's a beautiful email. It starts with, congratulations on your 100th episode. Thanks, Kurt. He says, I've been listening from very early on in your run, and I want to let you know how much your show has meant to me. It's such a joy to hear two gay men talking about life and love and sex and friendship. When you started the podcast, my husband and I recently moved to a new city, and that meant a lot less time with longtime friends. And the pandemic then meant no human contact uh, outside our house for nearly 15 months. Getting to eavesdrop on your conversations made me feel right at home. I could probably come up with a hundred things I love about the pod, but I'll just share a few of the things that I've come to appreciate most about MBFJ. Cam and I are so similar in temperament and background, but we seem to have diametrically opposed taste in music, TV, and movies. I get it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> love that. Actually, we have pretty similar to Anyway, it's not about us. If we had met in real life, I'm guessing we'd either be fast friends or even faster frenemies, <laughs> just like me and Fergus. But as the yin to Mike's yang, I adore him. Um, he then has some very sweet words to say about the sound quality, which I very much appreciate. Um, Mike will be jerking off to that, that paragraph (laughs) later. Don't worry, Kurt. Mm -hmm. Oh, I already have. (laughs) And then he goes on to say, for someone who spends so much time in his journal, writing about the aspects of his daily life that challenge him, Mike has such an uplifting energy whenever I hear him speak. That's very sweet. I appreciate, um, that separation. Cause sometimes I do hear the things I've written about in the journal and I'm like, God, I hope I'm not this negative of a person in real life, you know, but I do think, Oh yeah. The journal but of course, a, I mean, it makes yeah, sense. It's a place where you better to filter your negative thoughts into a journal than into the, the air for others, you know? Um, yeah. Anyway, this is a very sweet email that I just appreciate so much. Thank you for reaching out. Um, and we, very much value uh you being a long-time listener it made me teary-eyed also interesting thing about kurt um i learned from that email he is an audiobook narrator um and he told us that we need to expand our minds a little bit when it comes to um things that we consider to be gay romance it's not all just erotica and harlequin um he was like you enjoyed red white and royal blue that is a gay romance uh let's 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 change the wording around that a little bit and you know what i'll take that advice from someone in the industry i do like a gay romance it's not all smut 
I don't mind smut, though. <laughs> Especially not on your upper lip. You got a little smut up there right now. Um, <laughs> no, uh, but I, excuse me. I agree with what you're saying. We don't need to, you know, put romance in a box. If it's enjoyable, it's enjoyable. And that's the end of it. And it doesn't have to be. It can be enjoyable as smut or not as smut. Whatever you like is good. And then we have a message from Gary from Tasmania. Hey, guys. Wanted oh. to say hello from Tasmania. I've been listening since you had two episodes available. Like some others, I fell behind during lockdown due to not being in my car, but I'm almost caught back up. Yay me. Back in the first few episodes, you talked about memory and how it works, how you recall it, and how the journal helps. I thought I'd share something I'd recently discovered about myself that's rare. I have aphantasia, aphantasia, A-P-H-A-N-T-A-S-I-A, which means my memory, my mind in general, is not visual. I have no sense memory. Wow. So recalling details of an event in detail, like both of you do, is mind-blowing to me. It's hard to describe my experience of memory in writing like this, but needless to say, for someone who can't close their eyes and picture anything, hearing you talk about your experiences and hearing you recall something after you heard it read out from the journal is amazing. You guys are so open and honest and fun to listen to. I just adore hearing you both talk. It's like catching up with old friends. I don't have a lot of queer friends here in Tasmania, and what queer community there is is pretty discreet and quiet. I've started to create my own safe spaces and events for queer people in my area. I just wanted to say that your voices are heard far and wide, and you are positively impacting lives clearly around the globe. Love, Gary. Thanks, Gary. That wow, is... that is the sweetest. Man, love hearing from Tasmania. That's a, that's a, a far reach. And also... Um, good for you for creating your own safe spaces and, and space for queer people in your community. I have never heard for, about Aphantasia. Aphantasia. Me either. And I'm fascinated. And, yeah, I'm fascinated too. I'm going to have to look that up after we record. And that is all we've got time for today. Cam, quick question that I've never asked you before. If people, I don't know, <laughs> if they wanted more of my best friend's journal or if they just like wanted to reach out, how might they go about that? What a good idea. Um, I don't know. They could probably find us on Instagram at MBFJ Podcast, mm. or they could shoot us an email at mybestfriendsjournal at gmail.com. Oh, yeah, they could um, do that. If they wanted to learn more about us or check out our merch store, they could visit mybestfriendsjournal.com. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that does it for this week. Until next time, Mikey, always remember... This whole episode's been a, a bunch of liberal claptrap, if you ask me, you see. Well, I couldn't disagree more. I think it's just the cat's pajamas and the bee's <laughs> knees. Oh, we're idiots. Bye. <laughs> Sounds like nothing more than liberal claptrap.